0: Wow, that's so on point and so beautifully said. Um, And I agree with it 100%. And then actually, one thing I wanted to ask you is, do you think that we need to maintain all of those steps throughout our relationship? So always maintaining the attraction, the commitment? um,
1: Well, and the the compatibility. I think that there's, in any relationship, it's... You know, anytime I post something that suggests that you, could, you should continue in your relationship working to impress your partner. Mm. I get backlash. Yeah. Every time. Oh my God, it's just, why does it have to be so much work? And I always think, what world are you living in where things aren't work? I don't know what this is. I have a company. I've had that company for the last 14 years. I know that the day I stop caring about it, is the day that it will start losing its value. Now, maybe I find somebody else to be the custodian of it and to take care of it, and they love it as much as I do, and fine. But when someone stops giving it love, it will begin its death, its slow decline. That's true of our bodies. Why isn't it true of our relationships? And part of people's frustration is that they are really deeply unhappy with what they're getting but they haven't found the courage to go find something else or to value themselves more so there's a deep-seated frustration at, at being in a in an untenable position mm. where they also don't have the courage to move or the or the deep self-worth to move to go do something else so now i'm i'm Every day I'm going through this slow torture. Can't don't want to leave, but I'm not getting what I want here. I've invested too much time. I've invested too much energy. I've and that, that's where the sunk cost right. bias comes in. I've spent all this time. I've spent and then they do what I call the one day wager. Yeah,
0: you know, one day, one
1: day is. someone will become what I want them to be. He says he doesn't want to commit right now. He says he doesn't want kids. He says but one day, you know, he never has time for me. It's all business. He never has time. But one day, you have to assume that who they are today is who they'll be. And you're thinking five years from now, they're gonna be a completely different person and that's the thing you're, you're banking on for your happiness. That's the one day wager.
0: Good. I love that so much. I want to ask you something because you were saying about someone, you know, people saying, I don't want to commit or I'm not interested. How do you know when something's actually true or not true? Because you did a video that basically was like when a got, you know, when you are at dinner on a first date or something, and the guy says to you like, oh, so how come you're not, you know, how come you're single? And yeah. then you give examples of what they really mean. And at the end, you <laughs> end it on yeah, I'm not looking for a really uh, a serious relationship. And the takeaway is he actually means that. Right. So how, right. On that, right, like even what you were saying, like, but one day he will, one day he will. How do you I'm gonna know? I'm going to tell you,
1: you're going to love this. Okay, please. You're going to absolutely love this. And by the way, for anyone who wants to watch that video, it's called What He Means versus What He Says. And it's on my YouTube channel. Um, here's the rule. If someone is telling you something that would make their life more difficult to tell you, then it's probably true.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. We'll say all sorts of things in service of our pitch, right? What's the pitch in dating? For a lot of guys, what's the pitch? The pitch is, I would like to sleep with you. (laughs)
0: That's (laughs) That's what I'd like to happen.
1: I'd like for us to sleep together. And if I like you enough, I'd like for us to have something more or whatever. But right now we're on a date. I find you attractive. So anything someone says that helps their pitch, we don't know enough right now. All we know is we don't know enough to distrust them either. All we know is that just that, you know, I. I could take at face value what you're telling me right now, but that doesn't mean that after one day I'd make a whole bunch of decisions in my life based on this moment. I, I take you at your word right now, but I'll also see how this unfolds and whether it goes in that direction. And by the way, that's generally, general principle for anything, right? But if someone is telling you something that isn't good for their pitch, That means it took some effort to say. That means it really took a lot of, you know, what Sean Aker calls activation energy and the happiness advantage. It takes a lot of activation energy to do that. At the end of a pharmaceutical ad, no pharmaceutical company wants to put all of those disclaimers. You know, such and such that we've just, you know, shown you pictures. Of, we've just shown you footage of old people skipping around a meadow, able to run and jump and dance and sing again. Uh, but also, reminder, this may, may make you, you so depressed you'll kill yourself. Yeah. Right? No one wants to put that part in the ad. If they had the choice, <laughs> they wouldn't put that in the ad. So you know the part you can trust. If nothing else, I may not be able to trust everything you're saying this drug can do, what I can trust (laughs) is these side effects that you're saying it might give me. I know that because you didn't want to tell me that, and you told me that. So when a guy on a date says, I'm not looking for anything serious, you can trust that he's either, A, definitely not looking for something serious, or he thinks that there's a very good chance that he's gonna end up hurting you Because he's done it a bunch of times in the past and he's kind of sick of being called the villain for leading people on. And so now he's establishing very quickly, I want to see you again. And by the way, that doesn't make him a bad person. It makes him more honest than most. But when he says that, he's saying, I don't want to be the villain again. And I don't want you to keep going thinking this is going to go somewhere. So just so you know, probably it's not. When he says that, you can trust it because it doesn't help him sleep with you. (laughs) It doesn't make it more likely you're going to sleep with him tonight when he says, I probably won't call. So those things, when someone says something that hurts their pitch, that hurts their motives, that hurts their end game, you can believe that part.
0: That's so strong. Oh, my God. I love that so much. Um, Give me a couple of the things that you can trust that a guy does or signals that a guy does that shows you they actually do like you.
1: Well, you can look, how much is this person truly interested in me? Are they asking me, are they genuinely curious about me, my values, what I like, what I don't like, what I'm into? Because that's a sign, not only that he's taking the emphasis off of himself, it's easy. Anyone who's achieved anything can sit there and talk about all of they've achieved and reel off their stories Mm -hmm. about how, you know, this hard time in my life and this thing and that thing. That's not a bad thing, but it doesn't tell you that they're genuinely curious about you. And when someone has real intention in dating, they are looking for a real match. They're not looking for you to be, they want you to be impressed. Of course, I got secured the deal. I got to land the account, (laughs) but is it the right account? Yeah. Do I actually want this person? Is this the right person for a relationship? When someone is being intentional about dating, they are asking intentional questions Mm. about who you are and what you're all about because they're trying to figure out, is it? I'm trying to use my time wisely right now. Is this someone I want to invest more in? So that's one of the things to look for if you're looking for someone intentional.
0: Right.
1: Um, and and again, look for those moments where someone actually invests. Are they willing to come to my part of town? Mm. Or is it always about coming to, is it always the thing with the lowest activation energy for them? Are they making any kind of a sacrifice? Is the, is the effort equal? When I look at our text message chains, you know, are they, are they actually equal or is it, or am I in the blue? Where yeah. <laughs> it's like big chunks of blue and then a little line of gray where That's they gave amazing. me a quick response. You have to look at these things because these are the things that tell you, you know, oh, there's, there's a genuine back and forth of investment.
0: Yeah, oh God, I so wish I would have found you when I was 16, because I was definitely that person that would go on a date and say, like, oh, he said he liked me. He said he was going to call me back. So I would just take them for, for their word. Yeah. And I love you did a post where you laid out like, look, if they want to go to the movies after sex, it means they're interested. Right. If they call you when they've had a shitty day and they call you to tell you about yep. their day. Yep. But also reading into, okay, going back to even what you said right at the beginning, does their actions align with their words?
1: And as you say, it's not it's not about like we have this we have this real idea of like heroes and villains that we need to let go of that it's not it's not about that it's just there are some really terrible guys out there there are but a lot of people they're not their intentions aren't bad they're just different from yours and one of the mistakes i see people make a lot like i don't think men have a reputation for being liars i think most, some men are pathological liars, and a lot of men aren't liars, they're just great avoiders. Mm. They, they don't bring up the thing that's mm. unhelpful to bring up. They don't bring up the thing that's inconvenient or that would be painful to have a conversation about. And the reason I make that distinction is because a liar, you'll ask them a question and they'll tell you a lie. An avoider mm. will avoid the conversation, but when you ask the question, you'll often get truth. And so people have to be brave enough, and and this is for anyone, but if we're talking about women, women have to be brave enough to ask questions that they're afraid of the answers to. But your fear of the answer is going to put you in the way of so much more pain than the pain of the answer you're afraid of. Because now you have a woman who's a year in, two years in, three years in and continuing with this situation that is meeting some needs, but not nearly enough to feed her soul, to make her happy, to to nourish her. And she's now not asking the question anymore because it becomes higher and higher stakes. It gets more and more scary to ask because the answer might now show me the last three years of my life were energy misdirected towards a person who shouldn't have had that energy. And he's not having the conversation because, I mean, it's easier for him not to, right? And he can claim ignorance because mm-hmm. she's not asking me and I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm mm-hmm. not doing anything technically mm-hmm. wrong. I'm, I don't see us as long-term. I don't see us as ever having a family. I don't see us as ever moving in together. I don't see this as the great relationship of my life, but she's not asking. So, let's just keep enjoying ourselves right so you you now have this complicit kind of toxic situation between two people and it may not be toxic in the sense that they're butting heads Mm. or that they're having a bad time they could be having the best time ever and that's the problem they're having the greatest time and that's fine you can just have a great time but when you know that you're telling yourself you're having a great time, but there is deep insecurity in you because ultimately you have no idea if, this is re- if you two are actually on the same path here. Now you begin conning yourself. And now that great time that you have and that connection that you have, the stage two, mm-hmm. that becomes the great kind of <laughs> the blanket we put over everything to hide what's underneath, which is that you and I have very different ideas about where this is going. I want a family and you don't. I know I want to marry you and you are seeing this as just something nice for this point in your life. We have to have the courage to ask those difficult questions, to say to someone, and it doesn't have to be aggressive. It can be very loving, can be extremely compassionate, extremely kind. How do you see this? You know, I really like you. Or you know I love you, you know I'm in love with you. And that makes me excited about what we could have, but not if we're not on the same page. Where, you know, where do you stand with it? Or if it's earlier in dating and you're trying to figure out, you know, you don't even know if you're exclusive or not. Hey, I really like you and I wanna give my attention to you. I have other people asking me out and right now, I don't really know what to tell them. And I don't mean to make things heavy, but I just wanna know if like you feel the same way because right now I'm in a mode where I just wanna give my attention to you and I'd I would rather say to people, no, I'm I'm seeing somebody. How do you feel about it? It's a loving, compassionate way to bring it up. It's also there's a little there's some there's some stuff going on there too, because even though it's it's honest, right, there will be other people asking you out. And yeah. you don't know what to tell them. Yeah. But you're also introducing an element of like I, you know, I'm not going to be around forever. Why? Um, So that is, and I I always say to people, be kind in your tone, but ruthless in your actions. Be kind in your tone, but ruthless in your actions. Kind in your tone is I'm going to be loving and compassionate. I'm not going to compromise how great I am and the beautiful energy that I have by having like uh, like an angry conversation with you about this. I'm going to be super kind and loving and I care about you too. So I'm going to, I want the best for you too, but I know that I'm going to be, if you tell me that we're not on the same page, then I'm going to be ruthless in my response to that. Not in my tone, but in my response, which is to find a path that's better for me and to not indulge something that is making me unhappy or not worthy of my time.
0: We just need to look back at our own behaviors and where are the things that we did? Where are the flags that we ignored? Like that's so powerful, like taking ownership to say, how can I not make the same mistake next time? If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, I'm going to be utterly honest. There is little more damaging to your confidence than feeling weak and helpless and just struggling to get the care that you actually need from your doctor. And trust me, guys, I unfortunately speak from experience because when I was struggling with crippling, crippling gut issues about nine years ago now, it took me years, years to find a doctor that not only could I connect with, but a doctor that actually would listen, wouldn't gaslight me and actually take my words and my experience as truth so that they could actually eventually help me heal and not just to give me another freaking pill and then push me out the door. But now, my homie, you don't have to struggle to find the right doctor for you you anymore. And that's thanks to ZocDoc. ZocDoc is an absolutely free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and then instantly book appointments with them online. And with ZocDoc, you can actually filter by insurance, location and specialities to find the perfect fit for you. Not for your friend, not for anyone else, but for you. Plus, on top of that, you can actually go and read verified reviews from real patients to find the doc that you can actually trust. And typically, wait times for booking an appointment are days, not weeks. Because let's face it, when you're sick, you need to see someone right now. So my homie, do not, I repeat, do not neglect your health. Instead, go over to Zoc.Doc dot com slash lisa and download the zocdoc app for absolutely free then find and book a top-rated doctor today that's zocdoc z-o-c-d-o-c dot com slash lisa zocdoc.com slash lisa um should we worry about our partner's pass and their level of commitment commitment in their past relationships. So let's say I've done all the work myself. I've assessed how I've gotten into a habit of maybe committing more than my partner or wanting commitment and not receiving it. I've mm. done all the work. Now, when I make the selection, because you know I think selection really matters, when I make the selection to go on a date or to be with somebody, how much does their past mm. influence who they're gonna show up as and how much should I worry about that? Because one of the phrases while, well, um scary, I do think it's true. If they do it for you, they'll do it to you. Mm-hmm. And so worrying that if somebody, let's say, has left a partner for you or something like that, how much do you have to worry about that, their level of commitment in past relationships? Tricky question. <laughs> there is
1: a difference, I think, between someone who comes to you already showing evidence of having... Shifted gears from their past, and someone who, in a sense, the very behaviors of the past you're worried about are actually baked into the beginning of the relationship, Mm -hmm. because they, you know, they they're with you because they cheated on their wife or their boyfriend or whatever in order to be with you. That is hard. Of, someone's going to have a much harder job convincing you that that behavior is in the past for them, mm-hmm. when the very way that the relationship started is a reflection of that behavior. Mm-hmm. So I do think there's a distinction to be made. If someone has had a past, but they're saying, you know, I've met you under different circumstances. I And, and if you see that someone is acknowledging mm-hmm. their past, if you mm-hmm. see that they are taking ownership for their past and and that therefore you're able to see a true evolution there, even just in the way that they're owning it. Now, it's not an easy task. The job of anybody who has a past is to speak well about the changes that have occurred in them and why they've occurred. Mm-hmm. And to then back those, those claims up with real action. There's a, there's a you know, character is consistent, character is something that you see in people's actions every day. It's not in a grand gesture. It's what behavior am I seeing from this person every day? It doesn't really matter if someone's telling you they've changed. All that matters is what your actual experience of mm. that person is. Am I experiencing a person who really, the, the, what I'm seeing fits with what they're telling me? And it's human to have insecurity about a a pattern that someone has had.
0: I love that, one of my favorite things is a reputation isn't built or shattered over one thing. A reputation becomes something that you do consistently one way or another. So if someone has a, ends up having a reputation with me of being non-committal, there's a reason for it.
1: And that person, you know, it's not incumbent on our partners to suddenly have to reverse an opinion based on something we've done. <laughs> You know, I, I did this, but now I'm sorry. So now clean slate time. I have to, it right. doesn't, life's not like that. We owe that person the space to, hey, look, I am different. I know I'm different. I'm asking for you to give me space to show you that I'm different. But I don't expect you to believe in every aspect of that before you've seen it. Therefore, I'm not asking you right now to brainwash yourself into not being worried about this. I'm asking for the space to prove that what I'm saying is real. And that's in a way the most we can ask for
0: hmm.
1: is the space to show them something different. Not that I expect you to be able to do some sort of men in black device. <laughs> and you, you will know.
0: forget. Yeah,
1: like, no, it's yeah. Not, that's not real life and and it's and a loving and compassionate act on behalf of the person with the past Mm. is to understand that and and to say you don't need to believe me just give me space to show you
0: what if you don't know if someone's got a growth mindset yet or not and you start talking to someone about their past and they say well it was my girlfriend she was this she was that how do you know in those moments if he's actually seeing the situation correctly or she I shouldn't just say hey that they are seeing the situation correctly or that they're not telling it with complete blinders over their eyes because you'd like to believe if someone says well look this person was pressuring me and I actually wasn't honest I wasn't ready for a commitment I told her I wasn't ready for a commitment and yet she just kept going and so that's why we broke up all right if you told me that story I'd be like oh my god I totally get it I can't believe she tried to change you right that would be my instinct but how do I actually know in those moments if it's true? Or if it's just his own blindness to the situation?
1: Yeah. We have to be aware that when someone comes to us, they are giving us their version of events and we can't necessarily know if what they're saying is the truth of the matter or how blind they are. Sometimes people are lying and sometimes Mm -hmm. they've blinded themselves to the reality of a situation.
0: But, I think a lot of the time, we well, I, do.
1: I think for our emotional survival, we right? Do that yeah, hundred percent. So that we can still feel like the good person in life, so we can escape our own self-loathing, yeah. so we compartmentalize and we do all of those things. I can't stress this enough. We look on a first date. Your job is not to be a human lie detector. Yeah. Your job is to. To see if what they're saying aligns with the kind of person you're seeing in front of you. You know, they, they are playing the, you know, they say they're so kind and generous and whatever, but they're, they're, being, they're being mean to this poor waiter that's coming over mm-hmm. and being short with them and haven't got the time of day to even look them in the eye. And, and it's like, well, okay. Your generosity isn't coming out in this moment. So you you see a disconnect. Okay, I'm going to pay attention to that. I'm not going to ignore that. Maybe I'm not going to judge it too harshly, but I'm also not going to ignore that. So that's one thing. But over time, we have to pay attention to situations where something just feels wrong, where, where we are noticing that even though this person is saying all of these things, they're saying the right things and they're making us feel a certain way in the conversation, but then actually the behavior you're noticing and the mm-hmm. way you're feeling most of the time is really not good. We lose trust in ourselves in life. We, d- we doubt ourselves. We say, maybe this is just me. Maybe this is just my insecurity. Maybe I'm, I'm being too difficult about this. And, and, and I think that's an argument for having people you trust around you who who are willing to give you honest opinions
0: mm.
1: on things. I think there's a real argument for that whether they come in the form of mentors or friends or uh, you know could be parents that just will give you the honest truth not an, not a biased truth but will look at a situation and be like that the fact that this person is is doing this is not okay. Mm. It actually is y- you're right to feel like this isn't okay behavior or that this feels disrespectful it sounds like it is disrespectful you need people around you who you can trust but when you have people around you you can trust this is really important you have to give them the honest facts of the story
0: That's <laughs> so true
1: you can't do the thing you can't go to it's like oh, going to so a, a therapist and creating your own echo chamber with a therapist because you tell them all of the shitty things that the person you're dating is doing but you don't tell them the crazy thing you did two days ago. You don't tell them, you leave out the message that started the whole conversation where you asked a question and said all of this stuff and (laughs) accused them of this and you're like, you know, and so now Mm. your friend, your therapist, your parent, your whoever is saying, I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they said that. But you're leaving out details that allow them to have an objective situation. Mm. And so when you're worried that you're being disrespected or lied to, or that you should be wary, that someone could be conning you. Firstly, listen to your own gut. But if you're finding it difficult to trust your gut because you're too close to the situation, and that happens to all of us at times in our life, make sure when you go to other people that you're not now doing a con mission on them. Be prepared to put all of your crazy on the table. All of the things that you're like, I can't tell them that. I always think to myself, when you have a good enough friend or therapist or whoever, you have to be willing to tell them the thing that you really want to leave out.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: What's the thing you really, you're like, I want to have this conversation, but I don't want to say this part. That's usually the part that will give you the most
0: relief by saying. And clarity, I think. Yes. I love that so much. Also, how you say it, because you may repeat a story to your friends and you're not necessarily lying, but you don't say that you were a bitch when you said it. You said it harshly and you stared them in the eye with your, you know, whites of your eyes showing. Yeah,
1: you could go, you could go. So So I said to them, listen, if this isn't going somewhere, let's just, you know, let's just call it a day. Yeah. But in reality, you were up in that person's face going, listen, right. if this, uh, and you're like, you you pass in a story, you go, so I just, you know, I just
0: <laughs> threw it out there. <laughs> I so love that you said that. Because here's the thing, while I laugh, it's like, what, we do this, and it doesn't seem like a big deal. But your point being is that we have to adjust. If we really want to get to the root, if we want to improve, if we want to get in these relationships where we're not let's say, you know, spending years and then realizing, oh my God, they're not committed, now I've just potentially wasted this time, is open your eyes, be honest, be that real with yourself about how you're acting. And then if you're saying yeah. it to a friend, be real, because what is your goal? Like, that's always I come back to, right?
1: Am I going to my friend for an answer yes. or am I going for validation?
0: Yes.
1: And, and, and if, you, if you're going to your friend for validation, you ain't growing out of that situation and it's not coming closer to what you really want it to be. I mean, we can literally, this is the really dangerous thing, we can literally go to our friends and family and engineer the answers we want. Mm -hmm. We're really good at it. You know, if I can have clients who really want to text a guy back deep down, this guy's been treating them poorly or basically been non-existent, but they really want to send him a message. And so, You know, I I was speaking with a a client recently who, the guy said in the context of going on another date, yeah, it'd be nice, we'll see. Not an interesting text. Like, okay, well now let's redirect our attention. But she found a friend who looked at that message and decided it was a flirtatious message on his part. Mm. Like as in he was saying, We'll see. Give me a reason to. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, so I realized, oh, he was trying to be flirtatious. So I texted him back and it's like, whoa, 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 that's a jump. But it's a jump that you've enabled for yourself by you've looked for the one friend that tells you the thing you want to hear. That this wasn't, in fact, a weak, boring, non-committal message from someone who wasn't ready, didn't want to commit to another date. This was a guy flirting with Mm. you, and you should have flirted back, and now you need to text him back." And it's like, we'll always look for justification for the thing that we want to do anyway,
0: right? Confirmation of looking bias, for right? For the
1: answer that's actually going to make us happier.
0: But I get why, like, it can be so crippling. Like, even as you're breaking it down, it's like, well, no wonder people fear making a move in the first place because they're like, is it too much? Is it too little? Am I on it? Do I, you know, like, it, it can be somewhat overwhelming where you get in your own head too much, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where that's you're trying the to decipher because texting is very difficult to decipher someone's tone for sure, and even with to with Tom and I, he just he when he, we first started quest he was so freaking busy actually sorry before quest it was when i was a stay-at-home wife and he was at work all day every day just chasing money um that was like just trying to get as much money as possible so we can make movies and he was miserable he was doing it for eight years he freaking hated it and he was busy all the time mm. and so it got to the point where i was miserable he was miserable and when i would text him i would get like hey dinner's ready at this time or whatever i would text him and he put k the letter k now, I know he's stressed, and I'm stressed. I know he loves me, and I love him, but that wasn't gonna fly with uh-huh. me. Because I was like, I'm sacrificing so fucking much by not being with you, not spending time with you, uh, giving you so much space yeah. that you can go off and be an entrepreneur, and I'm gonna support you. But there's a line. And yeah. I was like, babe, this is the line. I'm your wife, because he's like, well, well, it's just quickly. Like, he's in a rush, like, so he just... T- and I'm like, I just need the O. Just give me the O. <laughs> So he was like, all right. So now he texts his okay. And I'm like, that's all I need. But (laughs) K to me, no matter how you shake it or bake it, interprets it as I'm a bother to you. Yeah. Okay,
1: doesn't. That's funny. But that, see what determines, there's there's two things that determine the strength of the relationship in that moment. One is the way you bring it up.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And the other is the way that it's received. Mm -hmm. When you're able to bring it up, and this takes it's not easy it takes confidence and it takes a standard for how we communicate we have to have a mm. standard for how we communicate because otherwise our demons take over and you got the message you got k and now you stew and you go you you know it's like now I'm passively aggressive and when they get home I'm cold but we spend a whole dinner not knowing why and you know at the end of dinner someone's like what is wrong and you're like nothing <laughs> No progress can be made here.
0: I love it because it's so true. You've just shown for the last two hours that you're pissed and then they ask is like nothing.
1: Right, and you've both had to just, it's almost, it feels like wasted time because it's like we could have been building right now. Instead, we've just been treading water and, and, and burning energy. And when you can say, babe, here's, here's the thing, you send me K, and I'm doing all of this and I, and I it, I'm feel like, you know, I hope you agree. I'm making a lot of sacrifices and I'm doing a lot and mm. so on. And at the end of the night, when I'm looking forward to seeing you and you just write one letter in response to that, that, that really isn't a nice feeling. Um, and it's again, it's not about throwing in someone's mm. face at that point. All of the things you're doing is about saying, look, because I'm, you know, I hope you agree. Mm. I'm doing all of these things and, I'm, I, and I love doing those things for you. And I love making those sacrifices because it matters to me. But when you do that, it it feels disrespectful. Now Mm. you get to see what the relationship can be. Because if you can bring a beautiful frame of reference in the way that you communicate something, and then someone else says, oh my God, you're making such a big deal out of this. Mm. It's like, oof, okay. Well, it took some effort to phrase this compassionately and it took some effort to not let my demons take over. And it took some effort to be this vulnerable with you and you've met it by making me feel like an asshole, or making me feel insecure, you know, insecure or making me feel crazy or now, that's an issue. Mm. That's an issue. And now a new issue has to be addressed. <laughs> yeah. Baby, what the way you're answering me right now is, is newly hurtful mm. because I'm, you know, when you sent me that K, I was actually hurt. And I wanted to bring it up kindly to you and lovingly. And I feel like I'm not getting a loving response mm. in return. You, now you see what response you get to that. Yeah. And now you, you see if this is a relationship that can make progress. All of these moments where you have friction are absolutely necessary. They're wonderful because they give you a moment to put another brick in the house of the relationship. Because we're going to have this conversation, it's going to be great. It's going to make us stronger. That's awesome. I always think that if for anyone who has anxiety about arguments in a relationship, oh my god, this argument's going to hurt us. How do I? I, I, I'm Mm. worried about it. I want to take it back. I've had that anxiety in the past. I'm like, you know, that feeling of self hatred where you, I would give anything to take that argument back, and Mm. then it causes you anxiety. Why did I do that? Why all the? I, I am so proud in my relationship of the arguments that have happened that have enabled us to get closer. Yeah. That actually it would have been very hard for us to get as close without those arguments. It's a really important thing to remember. So every time there's a moment where someone sends you the K, how, whatever form it comes in, yeah. see this, this is a wonderful opportunity to see what kind of relationship I actually have. Do I have the kind of relationship I really think I have? Or is it going to be revealed to be something else? That's a great moment mm-hmm. to know that.
0: But in those moments, it does become tricky because you know, in hindsight, it's always easy to say, "Oh, we dealt with it like this, and we said it like this." But no, no, no. In those moments, in that moment, I felt so right. I'm like, who the fuck sends K to yeah, their yeah. wife, right? Like, yeah. like in my head, I feel so justified. I'm yeah. like, there's no universe where a guy thinks sending K to his wife is a sweet and charming thing to do. Yeah. But I remind myself. There is no right or wrong. There literally is no right or wrong. If I know that he loves me, so do I think that he's doing it on purpose? No, so we just have a difference of an opinion. Mm-hmm, yeah. So in those moments, I want to come in and be like, hey, do you think like, what well, I can't believe you don't even put the O, but it's like, no, no, he's got a different perspective on it. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying, I can't believe you don't do the O, I come and say, this is how I feel. And I don't think that that's good. So I'd like to request just the extra O, because I knew that I wasn't, because I was, I was like, look, I'm not expecting long line. I understand your position, right? So getting, I understand where you come from. Yep. I understand why you do empathy, it.
1: It's it's compassion. There's
0: no malice yep. there. I don't yep. feel like it's malice, but it does come across this. And being able to have that conversation like that.
1: And, and look, let's say that you didn't do it that, like, in a different world where you did go and just yell at him <laughs> but, because of that situation. That's okay too, because you can recover at any point. It's never too late to come to someone with compassion and vulnerability. Mm -hmm. If you'd have done that, you know, how dare you send me a K when I'm doing all of these things for you, whatever. You can always have, you come back to it later that night and you say, listen, I got angry because I was just actually quite hurt. You know, I felt like, I do love doing all of these things for you and it makes me feel good to do them. But then it, I got scared when I felt like they weren't being valued. And 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 when you said K, it made me feel like we were in an uneven situation, mm. in an uneven relationship where I'm doing all of these things, but I wouldn't be able to expect the same from you in return, or the same level of respect in return. And that may not be true. That's always a good line. I might be reading that completely wrong, mm-hmm. but I wanted you to know that that's that's where that came from for me. I stand by what I said about you know, wanting more than that when you, re- when you respond. But the way I reached out, I'm not proud. The way I said that, I'm not proud of. Um, but I wanted you to know where it was coming from. Every second that goes by is just another moment to, to show who you are, how much you love someone, what your boundaries are, what you believe in, what kind of relationship you want to create. Um, and so, but every time we're hung up on a mistake we've made, or, or, some, or something someone else has done, or whatever, we're not we're not living in the moment of what can be made beautiful mm. now.
0: Mm -hmm. than to ask and actually get the truth. And the reason being is that at least even if the truth stings more, I can do something about it or choose to not do something about it. But at least I know. The wondering to me is... There's no end in sight. There is no release valve. So I'm such an advocate for asking the hard questions. So much to the point that me and my husband wrote, I think it's a list of like 20 questions and it's order of ease. So towards the bottom, it gets very wow. hard to ask each other the questions. And if anyone's watching one, they can click on the link below. I'm sure we'll put the link in. Um, but like the second to last question, or maybe the last question is, what did you want in a partner that I don't have? Mm, and another question wow. is, what did I... Because me and my husband have been together for such a long time. Such a brave so, question. Such a brave question. And then the other question, because we've been together for a long time, it was, what was I, did I used to do for you, but don't do for you now that you wish I did?
1: Wow, what a powerful question.
0: You have to go in with just emotionally sober, That's right? an
1: amazing question. I love that question. Thank That's an amazing you. question.
0: And we answered it honestly, and his answer was I used to take care of him. I was a housewife for eight years and, you know, before I was in business and I used to put his clothes out for him every day and I used to make him food every day. And he was like, yeah, I really loved that. He's like, I understand why you don't do it. So he's not saying you should do this now. But he's like, you've asked me the honest question. Mm. What do I wish I still had? It was that you would take care of me like you used to. And so it didn't mean I had to act on it. Instead of pushing back or making him feel badly about it or feeling badly about it, mm. I recognise it's a choice I've made. So I've made to not, I've made the choice to not do that. I've made the choice to be a, into business. But actually, if that's something that's really important to him, is there a, a wiggle room for me? Is there something that I'm just not seeing here? So now what I do is every weekend I cook him his favourite meals.
1: That's lovely. Wow.
0: And so now I've heard the answer. I'm not gonna do it. Like I didn't go, oh, okay, well in that case, baby, I'm gonna quit everything and just go back to what I used to be. But I heard him.
1: But it gives you, you know, it, without returning to that lifestyle and right. that dynamic, it also does give you a tool. It gives you a superpower. Yes. Because knowing that that has a profound effect when it's done is like now you could turn on that superpower at any time if you wanted to, on your terms. Yeah. You but. It's to know what someone's buttons are, to know what our partner's, like those attraction switches are, or to know what those love switches are, is really, really powerful. Yeah. And the answer is the hard question. The the uncomfortable conversation lasts an hour, maybe five minutes. The knowledge, the answer you have for the rest of your relationship. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and I like even approaching conversations with the words, look, this is actually really uncomfortable for me to say, ask, Mm. whatever, Um, but so bear with me for a second. Like I kind of do do these caveats so that, because I just put myself in that person's shoes. If they were approaching me like that, you would have empathy and openness to listen to what they have to say, even if what they say is hard to hear.
1: And the humility of saying, is there anything from your perspective that you want me to work on? Or is there anything that I'm not you know, here's the thing I need to bring up with you, but I also want to know if there's anything, like if there's a way that I'm not showing up in the way that you would like, I I want to hear that too. And that's a hard thing. It's it's very easy for us to go and say something we don't like, but to also invite them Mm -hmm. to the table, to have an equal say about what they don't like, that's the hard part. And I think when we do that, we're showing, we're not coming from a place of of a pedestal where you're doing everything wrong, but it's actually, We're a team. And also, you know, my my father, Steve, he does, on my retreat program, he does an entire module on confrontation. And one of the really valuable lessons he talks about in that is this idea that what gives you the, the, the money in the bank to go and have a difficult conversation with someone is what you've been doing in the weeks leading up to it or the months leading up to it that if I speak to one of my staff and I say, Dan, what you did yesterday really, really pissed me off. I'm so unhappy with it and I'm happy w- unhappy with it for these reasons. If Dan has learned many times over that my intention is good with him, that I take care of him, that I go out of my way to praise him, that I go out of my way to uh, help him Then when I have that conversation, he knows it's not coming from a place of trying to wound him or say something, it's coming from a good place. Especially if afterwards I say, we've had the conversation, it's done, let's move on. That also, what I'm doing there is I'm setting up a productive conversation the next time there's something like that. Because I'm showing you that when we have one of these things, it's contained to this thing. And when it's done, it's done. When it's dealt with, it's dealt with. And you can expect that the next time I bring up something that I don't like. But someone understanding your intention and your kindness from what you do generally with them, that's what gives you the permission to go in with, some, with firmness in that moment when you need to say something you don't like. You have the credits in the bank mm-hmm. because of who you are the rest of the time.
0: I love that, earning a reputation, right? Over time, your reputation will be what it is. And so if someone has, if multiple people are saying your reputation is you're really open and you're really honest and it's like, okay, the next time I say something, if it really hurts or stings, then just know that my reputation is that I'm open and honest and kind. And so... I do that with Tom a hundred percent. Like if he said something to me that I feel is disrespectful or hurtful or like, oh my God, I can't believe he said that. I just go to, okay, I've been with a man 20 years. What do I know about him? He loves me more than life itself. He's proven it time and time and time and time again. So why right now with that one thing that he said, does that eliminate 20 freaking years of him proving that he actually cares about me and that he means good.
1: And who he's been with you the whole time is what gives him the credits in the bank. Yes. That's what when you hear that conversation, you're able to weigh that up against the pain of that conversation, and this wins. Yeah,
0: if you've had a bad, um, a bad relationship and they've done something wrong, and you want to learn from it, right? You're like, okay, what will I do different next time? You've learned all these lessons. You bring the lessons to your next relationship, and let's say your next relationship where they do one little thing that is similar to that. I think people, some people who have their defences up, are like, "Oh my God, there it is! I knew that I found it," and they'll bounce. Versus going, "What does this mean about them? Is this a reflection? I need to pay attention, mm. right? Don't ignore it. That would be a mistake." But go instead of jumping to conclusions, let me like play it by ear, or let me see if that actually does come into fruition. Would you like suggest kind of testing a bit like that?
1: I think that um, you have to come to them from a compassionate place as a teammate. Because that again, that has to be your standard. I'm going to come with a sense of teamwork and compassion that says, I'm not immediately going to attribute, even if my fears are screaming mm. at me too, I'm not immediately going to attribute the worst possible intention to this. Instead, I'm going to get curious about what was behind this when you did it here 's how it made me feel like his it, it has upset me, and you know rightly or wrongly that 's because it made me feel like you didn't care or you mm-hmm. weren't thinking of me and if we can do that without immediately labeling without immediately accusing, if we can create just a little bit of space between. The point at which we get curious and the point at which we've drawn all of our conclusions. Mm. That space saves relationships. And the conclusions are natural. If we've been screwed over, if the last time we saw this behavior, it was followed by realizing someone was cheating on you, then it's natural to see a little bit of it and immediately go to the same place. Mm. But I've, I mean... in in all sorts of different ways. I've been made a fool of there, where I saw someone in one relationship do something that looked like something someone did before, which usually was, you know, followed by some horrible pain. Mm. And I immediately jumped to this feeling and then, you know, made a conclusion. Our brains are, we have a supercomputer, but that's also dangerous because the number of calculations and deductions that can get made in mere seconds that can take us from someone didn't text me back th- to 3 hours to they're having an affair.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's that's really where I think it ends up being, you know, detrimental to your future relationship because I mean there's so many different elements here, right? There's how to not get in a toxic relationship. Then then if you are, how to get out of it and respect yourself and then how to not then bring it into the future relationships. Um, and then, like you said, you can get there so fast and it really can be detrimental to the potential that this relationship could have.
1: And that, that is, see, everyone fights for a relationship based on potential.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: it's based on what they think it could be even that person that you know but i but i love them mm. what they're fighting for is their vision of what the relationship could be right or you should what, be or should be they think. but in their mind it's still yeah like it but we love each other so much this this should be the most amazing thing ever well let's look at what it is mm-hmm. in the early stages of dating it's actually very important that We miss crucial opportunities to see what the relationship is if we lunge in Mm -hmm. with attacks and accusations instead of letting someone know what we're feeling and asking them kind but honest questions. We don't really see what's going on because they feel attacked, their their defenses go up. What we really need to do is say, I'm gonna learn more about this person's intentions either because I don't feel they're trying hard enough or as much as me, or because they just did something that I don't feel was very nice. I'm gonna learn more about what's behind it. And that is gonna provide me with information. Acknowledge that there's a gap. There's a gap between where I want things to be and where they are. Highlight the gap in a, in a classy and tactful way. Look at whether this person acknowledges the gap because it's usually the sign of a toxic relationship if the gap can't even be acknowledged. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? I'm trying just as much as you. And if you're like, you're really not. Like, I'm clearly making many more sacrifices than you are, Doing think of you way more than you think of me, do more than you do for me. Like, if you know there really is a gap and it is not being acknowledged at all, that there is no sense of someone being able to look at themselves honestly and go, Okay, you're right. If they try and make you crazy, that's a form of of toxic behavior. But can they acknowledge the gap? That's the first step. Now that's a positive sign if they can. Mm. You can work with that, right? Ah, this is actually a sign of a healthy relationship. I've brought something up. They didn't make me feel stupid for bringing it up and being vulnerable and revealing a wound. But that alone isn't enough. Because someone could say, I get it, you're right, I'm going to do better. And then a month from now, nothing's changed. Yeah. And that's where you have to say, it's one thing that someone is acknowledging the gap, but acknowledging and being able to deliver are two very different things. And the fourth step is noticing whether the gap's being reduced.
0: I've got a question for you. Is that exactly the same analysis that you would do if you're the toxic one in the relationship. Like I can see where a lot of people blame other people. Mm. It's hard to see when you're the problem. So I think it's important to acknowledge or ask yourself the question with no blame, no judgment. I'm always about results, not about feeling badly about it. Um, But if you're actually asking yourself, what if I'm the toxic one? Would you still break it down like that?
1: Well, I think one of the hardest things in the world is, is self-awareness, yeah. and I think self-awareness about where am I, where is what I'm asking for reasonable, and where am I being unreasonable. Got, oh, dude, I'm going to
0: push you on that because no one says I'm being unreasonable. People don't actually think that about themselves, or do you think
1: that? No. Well, I I try to really look at certain situations because I'm a very to a to a fault, probably self-reflective person. Mm-hmm. I overthink. That's my problem. I, I, you know, I'll say something in a conversation, and then I go away and I go, should I have said that? Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I kind of overstepped the mark there, mm-hmm. and I start, you know, like I can obsess if I'm not careful. So I've had to, like, I have to really mind my own obsessive qualities. Mm-hmm. What makes me very good at my job? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Is also my worst enemy. Yeah, I was gonna say,
0: what is your superpower is also your kryptonite. For
1: sure. Because I'm good at seeing 10 steps, 20 steps ahead. Mm. That's that's like my gift. But I when I try to be very aware of when I'm doing something, am I am I being is this me asking too much or is this me doing something? is me am i asking for something unreasonable here or is this reasonable and i think a lot of people go through that in relationships especially when they're with someone who's saying you know cuz a lot of people's initial defense is what you're asking for is is unreasonable mm. or what you i didn't do that like we we all do it at times we get defensive and our first port of call is to try and make the other person seem like they're overreacting mm-hmm. or It's very difficult, especially when someone's making us feel like we're overreacting to get impartial and to say, where is the line between me asking too much and me asking for the right amount? Right. And and sometimes I think people don't realize they're toxic because they're so convinced of their story.
0: Right, that's what I was going to say. It's more like a frame of reference, right? So it's like my frame of reference is going to be very different from Tom's. It's going to be very different from yours, right? We just have different upbringings and we've been told different things and we've encountered different things. We went to different schools, like all these things that encounter our, you know, build up and and create our belief system, then comes (laughs) to the, well, how do you know who is being reasonable and who's not? Because my frame of reference is I'm very reasonable. Yeah, of course. And Tom's frame of reference may be you're being so freaking unreasonable. Um, so how do you
1: i i try to keep a record not just of the times i was right but i do try to keep a record of the times where i was so wrong Mm -hmm. you know where was i so utterly convinced of a thing Mm -hmm. and then i came to someone and i was like you know oh what so blah you didn't text me back because of this reason and and they're like yeah but i didn't even my phone wasn't even on or Mm -hmm. i didn't even and i'm like (laughs) Okay, like well, you have that moment of that, that realization where you go, oh man, what just happened in mm. my mind? Mm. Like, well, where did I just go? I think, I think it's important, not, not in a way of all, never, never trusting yourself, but just in the sense of being aware of how wrong you can be. And therefore, at the very least, mm-hmm. having allowed that to make the space for you to at least go into a situation curious mm. about what their intentions were about what may the may be a way that you're not bringing it up in the right way or you know rushing too quickly to accusations or conclusions at least allow your knowledge of how wrong you've been in the past mm. to create the space for you to be curious instead of rushing mm. to the end of the story already and then be honest with are, is this person, I'm I'm being honest about ways that I wanna bring my best to this and I wanna be clear headed and I wanna give them the benefit of the doubt, but are they being a teammate in that? Mm. Or is everything, are all the concessions on my side? Is all the work somehow always about what I need to do? Is it never a joint effort? And I think sometimes that that's a giveaway that, you know, we've convinced ourselves we're the problem all the time, but you know, we're not we're not getting uh well they're not making life easy for us. But when we're the toxic one, mm. we're convinced that everything they've done is wrong and that we're justified in however we're acting. Yeah. And look, I and and my point is that sometimes we're in the wrong somehow. Like we need to address certain issues. But at the same time life's not black and white. Sometimes you have your issues, but they're also not they are feeding your anxiety in a certain way or they are contributing in a certain way or they're not being empathetic to certain things that you're feeling or they're you know sometimes it's like if you take attachment styles right people talk about the you know there's the book attached that goes through anxious secure and um avoidant the anxious attachment style uh, you know, typically we're worried about the end of the relationship being abandoned, someone doesn't love us, we need reassurance. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're with someone that inflames your anxieties all the time, that can be a problem. It doesn't mean you're not anxious and that you being anxious isn't a problem. It just means that you're also with someone who sends you to the extreme when it comes to those things. So I do, I think we have to be mindful of whether we're with someone that in a way that's not healthy inflames the worst parts of us because I do think the right relationship has a somewhat calming effect on those things
0: that was so perfect just so right like it's not black and white like even in everything we're saying there's so much nuance to everything yep. and I actually really liked you saying like yes if even if we are the one that's toxic we you know if we acknowledge it and then try to change it but also see is the other person inflaming it that was just amazing I'm, I'm so aware of that in my relationship that I have issues just like anyone else. And so I have insecurities. And I know that with Tom's personality, he wants to like fix things. So if I'm insecure about something and he's trying to fix it, it ends up inflaming my insecurity on it because I feel like, well, I can fix it myself. And Mm -hmm. he's trying to jump in and it becomes like this whole thing. And he's like, I'm just trying to help. And I'm like, I feel like you're telling me what to do. And it becomes this whole thing. And so we're just very honest with each other and so now now it's just like babe my assumption is x y and z mm. or it's i'm feeling extremely insecure right now i know you think i'm nuts like i'll even say that tim i know you think i'm nuts right now but i i the fact is i'm actually feeling very sensitive and insecure so what i need from you is and i literally tell him what i need i'm like i need you to hug me i need you to not try and fix it because I know this is a me problem. This is not a you mm, problem. Mm. And if I, my natural inclination, my natural emotions will go to annoyance, frustration, and I harden. I don't go soft. I harden. And when I harden, it becomes even more confusing. Because that's your weapon. Because that's my weapon. Oh, yeah. Right. It's my weapon.
1: But that's really interesting because that it's it's an evolution of what I'm saying because it's, if you look at the weapons versus wounds concept, mm. right? That Our weapons destroy relationships. Our wounds have the power to, strengthen our relationships. What you're really doing there is exposing a wound mm-hmm. and and being brave enough to like expose it, but also showing him how to treat it. Yeah. You're like spelling yeah. out, yeah. here's my wound and here's exactly how you can treat it. And that's really powerful because now I'm, I'm, I'm going one step further than being vulnerable. I'm also showing you what you might be able to do to come to my aid right now. Mm-hmm. But like you said, that's not something someone can even start to do. If you go up to them cold and hard, <laughs> that's not something, someone can't even access that part of themselves because, especially if, if they're ever given to questioning themselves or, or they, they go, well, what have I done? I've done something wrong. Why are you mad at me right now? Or mm-hmm. why, you know, why am I not enough to make you happy right now? Or why, you know, then now all of a sudden you're into a whole other thing.